the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. We've been reconciled back to God, and one day Jesus will present us in heaven, holy, blameless, and above reproach. Wonderful, but there's a catch. There's always a catch, isn't there? Well, there's a catch with this. The next verse says, if, so it's conditional, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, And are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard. Do you believe that one day you will stand next to Jesus and enter into an eternal life with him in heaven? Most believers would have no trouble answering this question with a resounding yes. But what if that wasn't the whole question? Today, Pastor Dan introduces the conditions that are in place for anyone who chooses a life with Christ and wishes to receive the promise of heaven. So the second part of this question, which is more convicting than the first, is, are you ready for him to come today? Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Exodus, chapter 12, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Lord gives instructions regarding the Feast of Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is immediately after Passover. In verse 15, he says, Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall remove leaven from your houses. For whoever eats leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. On the first day there shall be a holy convocation. And on the seventh day, the last day of the feast, there shall be a holy convocation for you. No manner of work shall be done on them, but that which everyone must eat, that only may be prepared by you. So the only work you can do on those days is preparing the food. So you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. For on this same day, I will have brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, you shall observe this day throughout your generations as an everlasting ordinance. In the first month, on the 14th day of the month at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the 21st day of the month at evening. For seven days, no leaven shall be found in your house, in your houses, since whoever eats what is leaven, that same person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel whether he is a stranger or a native of the land, you shall eat nothing leavened and all your dwellings. You shall eat unleavened bread. And then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, pick out and take lambs for yourselves, according to your families and kill the Passover lamb. And you shall notice verse 22. He gives us more details here in verse 22. And you shall take a branch of hyssop, Dip it in the blood that is in the basin, note that, the basin, 
and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin, and none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning. So they were to sacrifice the lamb, apparently right in front of their home, right on their doorstep, and catch the blood of the lamb in the basin of the front door. Now, the Egyptian homes at that time, they had a basin in the threshold of the door. They had a little basin there that they would fill with water so they could wash their feet as they were coming into their house. So where the threshold is located, there was a basin there. They were to catch the blood of the lamb in that basin and then take a hyssop branch to apply the blood of the lamb. It says on the doorposts or the sides of the door and on the lintel, which is the top of the door. So picture this in your mind. You've got a door. You've got blood of a sacrificed lamb at the basin at the bottom where the threshold is. You've got blood applied on the sides and you've got blood applied at the top of the door. The blood of the lamb is applied in the shape of a cross on the door. Jesus Christ is our Passover, right? And so the blood of the lamb was applied in the shape of a cross in the places where Jesus bled when he was on the cross. He bled from his hands and his feet and from his, his brow, from the thorns on his brow, it all points to Jesus. Even the hyssop plant that was used to apply the blood points to Jesus on the cross. If you remember when Jesus was on the cross, a sponge of sour wine was given to him to drink, and it was given to him on a hyssop stalk. And then once the blood is applied to the door, in verse 22, it says, And none of you shall go out of the door of his house, until morning, which, by the way, in the New Testament, the Gospels, the night of Jesus's arrest, he's arrested in Gethsemane and everybody's at home. They're at home. They've just finished the Passover dinner. So everybody that's in the city is kind of in their house or wherever they're staying. So nobody's like out on the streets at that time when Jesus is arrested in Gethsemane and carried away and tried. And then they take him to Pontius Pilate very early in the morning. They have him condemned and on his way to the cross before even anybody gets up. And nobody's out on the streets at night to see what happens to him when he's arrested. And so here, verse 22 again You're not to go out of your house. As long as you stay in your house behind the blood that's been applied to the door, you're safe from God's judgment. If you go out from your house, you're no longer under the blood. And you're in danger of God's judgment. Are you with me? Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 to 23. Colossians 1, 21 to 23. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by your wicked works... Yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through his death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Wonderful verse. He says, you were once alienated and you're actually enemies of God just in your mind by your wicked works. The things you thought, the sinful things you and I thought made us enemies of God and alienated us from God. Yet Jesus has now reconciled, it says, he's reconciled us to God through his body, through his flesh, through his death on the cross, to now present you holy and blameless and above reproach in God's sight. And so the promise there is we were once enemies, we were once alienated by our wicked works, now through his death on the cross and his shed blood, we've been reconciled back to God. And one day Jesus will present us in heaven holy, blameless, 
and above reproach. Wonderful, but there's a catch. There's always a catch, isn't there? Well, there's a catch with this. The next verse says, if, so it's conditional, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you heard. You've been reconciled to God through the flesh, the body, the death of Jesus Christ. One day he will present you holy and blameless and above reproach in heaven and God's sight. But only if you don't move away from the hope of the gospel. As long as you stay in the hope of the gospel, then he will present you holy, blameless and above reproach. As long as you stay in the hope of the gospel, you're safe. If you move away from the hope of the gospel, you're no longer safe. And here with the Israelites, as long as they stayed in the house behind the blood that was on the door. They're safe from God's judgment. As long as you stay in Christ, you're safe from God's judgment. You move away from the gospel, you may move away from the hope you have in Jesus Christ. Well, then you're in danger. As long as they stay in the house, they're safe. He goes on in verse 23 and says. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lentil and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. I'm not sure who that destroyer is, but I don't want him coming into my house to destroy me. But if he sees the blood, he'll just pass over. And you shall observe this thing as an ordinance for you and your sons forever. The Jewish people do still observe it to this day. It will come to pass when you come to the land which the Lord will give you just as he promised. That's why it's called the promised land that you shall keep this service. And it shall be when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service that you shall say? It is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households. And so the people bowed their heads and they worshiped. And so here he tells them, when you get into the land and you're dwelling in the promised land, you are to pass this on to your children. You're to pass this on to future generations. You're to explain to your children what God has done for you and how God has delivered your people from bondage. Again, we're reminded of the importance of passing our faith on to our children and telling our children what God has done in our lives. And then the children of Israel went away and did so just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron. So they did. Again, they did this by faith, just believing what God said in his word. Verse 29, and it came to pass at midnight that the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of livestock. And so Pharaoh rose in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. Every household was affected by this. Then he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, rise, 
Go out from among my people, both you and the children of Israel, and go serve Yahweh as you have said. Also take your flocks and your herds as you have said, and be gone and bless me also. Now, Pharaoh doesn't repent here. That's not why he's saying that. In that culture, in those days, the greater person blessed the lesser person. You see an example of this in Genesis chapter 47, when Jacob goes down to Egypt and Joseph, his son, presents his father Jacob to Pharaoh, different Pharaoh, presents his father Jacob to Pharaoh, and Jacob declares a blessing on Pharaoh. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. And here's Jacob, this elderly, you know, shepherd who's poor, and he declares a blessing on Pharaoh. And Pharaoh is so taken back by this. Pharaoh says, how old are you? Right? I mean, he doesn't even know what to say to him because here Pharaoh seems to be the greater one. And Pharaoh should be the one declaring a blessing on Jacob. But Jacob knows that he's greater than Pharaoh because he knows the Lord. And so he declares a blessing on the most powerful guy in the whole world. The greater blesses the lesser. And here, when Pharaoh says to Moses, bless me also, he's acknowledging that Moses is greater than him. He can at least bring himself to kind of acknowledge that here by saying this, bless me also, you're... You're greater than me. And so it goes on here. Verse 33. And the Egyptians urged the people that they might send them out of the land in haste, for they said, we shall all be dead. So now the whole nation here is urging them, please, please go. And so the people took their dough. That's not their money. That's their bread dough here before it was leavened, having their kneading bowls bound up in their clothes. It's the middle of the night on their shoulders. Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses, and they had asked from the Egyptians articles of silver and articles of gold and clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they granted them what they requested Thus they plundered the Egyptians on their way out. They asked for gold and silver and tapestries and clothing and that kind of thing. And the Egyptians gave them what they requested, and they plundered the Egyptians of all their wealth. Now, in fairness, the Israelites served as slaves for over 400 years in Egypt, and so they were owed this money in many ways. And so they take that with them, and they're going to use that gold to make the golden calf, a false god, and they're going to use that gold and that silver in the tabernacle 
when they build the dwelling place of God, the tabernacle. And then it goes on in verse 37. Then the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Sukkot, about 600,000 men on foot besides children. And so if you include women and children, they could have numbered in excess of 2 million people as they're leaving. It's the middle of the night. You have this massive evacuation now of 2 million people. They leave in haste. Verse 38, a mixed multitude went up with them also and flocks and herds, a great deal of livestock. So a mixed multitude went with the Israelites. These were non-Israelites, perhaps Egyptians are in this crowd or other people groups who were living in Egypt who wanted to go with the Israelites as the Israelites were going out. And you read that and you might think, well, that's kind of cool. The mixed multitude joined the Israelites when they left. They wanted to be numbered with God's people. That's pretty awesome. All these people from all these other nations and everything are just joining the people of God as they, they go out. Well, listen, the mixed multitude will be the source of problems for Moses and the Israelites in the future. They're going to be one big headache for Moses. They're going to be the ones who are sowing seeds of dissension and, and rebellion among the children of Israel. You know, there are some what are called church growth programs. Obviously, I don't ascribe to that, but there are some church growth programs that really focus on getting non-believers in the church and tailoring everything the church does for the non-believer and making the non-believer feel as comfortable as possible in the church assembly and make the non-believer kind of part of the church life. But in the Bible, a mixed multitude in the assembly is never a good thing. The mixed multitude, as I said, will lead to trouble and rebellion in the congregation. As they did with Israel. But don't get me wrong. I want non-believers to come in. But I want them to come in and hear the gospel and repent and put their trust in Jesus Christ and be born again. I don't want to tailor it so that the non-believer feels comfortable and is never challenged. I want them to feel uncomfortable. So they're, they're welcome to come. But I don't want them to stay a non-believer. I want them to change and become a believer. The church is for believers. It's not for non-believers. The, church, the word church, it means the called out ones. People have been called out of the world. People have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. So they've got this mixed multitude, and that's just kind of a little foreshadowing of what's to come with this mixed multitude. Don't think it's a good thing. It's a bad thing. And so verse 39, we're almost finished. You guys are doing great. And they baked unleavened bread, unleavened cakes of the dough which they had brought out of Egypt, for it was not leavened because they were driven out of Egypt and could not wait, nor had they prepared provisions for themselves. Remember, they had to leave in haste. Now the sojourn of the children of Israel who lived in Egypt was 430 years. 
So from the time that they went down during the days of Joseph to this point, it's 430 years. And it came to pass at the end of the 430 years, on the very same day, it came to pass that all the armies of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. Notice how they're described as going out as an army. They're not just fleeing chaotically. They are going out in an orderly fashion. God does things decently in an order. And we see that even here. And it is a night of solemn observance to the Lord for bringing them out of the land of Egypt. This is that night of the Lord, a solemn observance for all the children of Israel throughout their generations. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, this is the ordinance of the Passover. No foreigner should eat it. But every man's servant who is bought for money, when you have circumcised him, that's the sign of the covenant, then he may eat it. A sojourner, a foreigner, and a hired servant shall not eat it. In one house it shall be eaten. You shall not carry any of the flesh outside the house, nor shall you break one of its bones. Remember Jesus when he was on the cross? None of his bones were broken. They wanted to break the legs of those on the crosses to expedite their death. But when they came to Jesus Christ, he was already dead. And so they they didn't break his bones. He's the Passover lamb of God. And no bone shall be broken of the Passover lamb. Verse 47, and all the congregation of Israel shall keep it. Verse 48, and when a stranger dwells with you and wants to keep the Passover to the Lord, Let all his males be circumcised and then let him come near and keep it. And he shall be as a native of the land for no uncircumcised person shall eat it. Verse 49, one law shall be for the native born and for the stranger who dwells among you. So he says here, if there is a foreigner living among you, among the Israelites, that foreigner has to assimilate to Israel and be as a native of the land if they want to be part of the nation of Israel. There shall be the same law for the native-born and for the foreigner. And so the application for, for us, a non-believer is outside. Non-believer is not part of the church. A non-believer should not participate in communion, for example, because communion is for believers, If they would like to become a believer, then they can participate. But as long as they are not uh, assimilating, so to speak, and becoming a believer in Jesus Christ, they remain an outsider and they're not to participate. And so verse 50, then all the children of Israel did as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. So they did. And it came to pass on that very same day that the Lord brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt according to their armies. And we'll stop there. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Jesus, most of all, that you came and you died and you shed your blood for our sins and that you died in our place as our substitute, taking all of our sins upon you to set us free from sin and from death and to give us eternal life. And we thank you for that. We thank you. We thank you also, Lord, that you're just looking for the blood of Jesus. You aren't looking for us to be super good people. We're thankful, Lord, that we don't, we don't get into heaven on our own works. 
but it's all on the blood of Jesus. We thank you for your blood. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. Did you know that Ring of Truth is a listener-supported ministry aimed to bring you God's Word wherever you're at? Whether you're at home or on the road, we're here to help you grow in your faith. You love to stay connected through social media? Find us on Facebook. Listen to us on iTunes and our podcast. There are numerous other ways to stay up to date with what's happening at Ring of Truth. All you have to do is go to calvaryec.com to get started. Our mission and vision and what we believe can be found on our website as well. In case you didn't catch that website, it's calvaryec.com. Ring of Truth is a radio ministry that comes to you from Columbia, Maryland. We invite you to join us Sunday mornings at 8.30 or 10.30 a.m. For those of you who aren't morning people, we also have a Sunday afternoon service at 12.30 p.m. Or you're welcome to come Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Take your pick, but please, come if you're in the area. Did you know that live stream is available for those unable to attend in person? For all of our long-distance listeners, we hope you'll utilize this tool to stay connected. Pastor Dan has been teaching from the book of Exodus, and he's not done yet. Be sure to come back again as he continues pulling nuggets from this Old Testament book. Thanks for staying tuned in today to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.